And welcome once again to another Living in the Past uh, podcast episode. Today we are in, we are all in for a treat because uh, we're like three crooked hearts swirling all around uh, to talk about this uh, amazing album that came out in 1996. We we'll talk about Pearl Jam's No Code, and we have a guest from not even just not any guest. Firstly, has has an awesome name, so let's just put that up on front straight. And then secondly, he's uh, international. We've got an international guest. It's uh, a, a friend of the show, uh, Paul Wright. How are you doing? Hi, very well. Thank you. Am I the first international guest? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and we've got Ben too. You know him, but yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> I need I was... to know, did, did you pre-plan the Three Crooked Hearts thing or did that just come to you? I kind of thought it today when I was watching, when I, when I heard Smile, I was like, oh, there's three of us. There's three swirling, Crooked Hearts swirling. Like, yeah. That's, Look, that's sometimes... Thanks for um, also uh, saying that on mic so it sounds like <laughs> you've just completely ruined my intro. <laughs> Well, you know, if you do something nice, I can't leave you with having something you know, spectacular. I've got to bring True. you back down a peg because you said, and also here's Ben. Yes. <laughs> so um, uh, if you've never listened to one of these ones before, it's based, and we're doing it a little bit differently this time. So usually we um, go through every track, we talk about the track, and then we'll do a top five at the end. Um, today we're adopting a, uh, a, a ranking um, uh, idea that I heard on the James Bonding sound, um, the podcast. So basically, we're going to we're going to rank all thirteen songs on No Code. When we go through it, um, we will only talk about the song one, once all three of us have mentioned the song. So uh, that so means we're not we're reordering not... how we think the album should go. We're going from the least good to the goodest, in our opinions. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, uh, so yeah, we will um, we'll get that into that bit. But the first thing I want to start off is let's let's just let's do a bit of chit chat. Um, I'm going to start with our. Uh, our distinguished guest, uh, Paul. When did uh, Pearl Jam's know? Well, firstly, like Pearl Jam to you, what 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 are they? You're quite the fan. Are you up in the um, yeah, so 30, 35 shows club as Ben is? Or I'm not on 35. I think I lost count. I lost count when I seen Pearl Jam 18 times and Eddie Vedder twice. So I think I'm probably on about 22, 23 Pearl Jam associated shows. Okay. Uh, no, right Brad. Now. So I, you know, I, I'm a bit of a like a rookie compared to Ben. But, did you end uh, up seeing yeah. Temple of the Dog though as well? No, but I have seen Brad. I saw Stone playing bongos, which was worth the ticket price in itself. Yeah. So yeah, it does he pigeon step with the bongos, or is it like <laughs> no, no? He proper like gets his head down and starts shaking his hair around. Like he kind of ah. like not hangs, but he just yeah, yeah. He properly goes like animal on it. It's great. Nice. And you haven't seen three? Is it three fish? What's what's just band? Oh, he's got endless bands, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, get, we'll get to Jeff in a sec. Um, yeah, so my, so my, my Pearl Jam, so my Pearl Jam uh, experience was via Foo Fighters. You know, I'd seen Foo Fighters and done all that, and then I kept hearing people talk about Pearl Jam. Um, you know, again in that same vein of Nirvana, da, 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 you know, grunge scene. Yep. So I actually I got into them when I was probably about sixteen, seventeen. Right. I actually, I think No Code might have been my first Pearl Jam album. That or right at. Which is uh, quite a divisive album to have as your first one. Not, yeah, not, it's, not well, nothing. it's a funny place to start. Yeah, well, it was, it was partly because the uh, I, I, I got really into Pearl Jam by the live bootlegs, because they used to yeah. sell them in HMP, didn't they? So I used yeah. to just buy the live bootlegs. So I kind of knew the set lists before I knew the albums. Nice, so, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I remember the first ever 
the first album I bought was um was one of the Boston Experiment shows, which I think is probably a good place to start. Isn't that it? is, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that covers yeah. a lot of ground. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that was that was my introduction to the band. So yeah, I, 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 that that was yeah, that was way back when. So so probably about two thousand. Well, it was just after I act, I think. So probably about two thousand two, right. So yeah, yeah, and then it's been yeah. Okay. Seen a few shows with Ben and his uh, cowbell. <laughs> Those are the days. I've, I've heard this. I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Ben, uh, no code to you. What does it? What does it mean? Um, no codes. That one. So I delved quite hard into. I'm not going to call it law, but like the Pearl Jam history and like their story, mm. and I went pretty much in order. So, okay. like I said on previous episodes, uh, my brother had ten and verses on cassette. I listened to that, and then this was around the time when riot act came out so i had riot act there like that was very exciting but i went back and made sure i was chronological about what i was experiencing right yeah and i knew all about the love hate with no code and i think that really helped influence me into just being obsessed with it yeah um and it came at a very strange time in my life as much of my life uh, i feel was yeah strange um but it's always it's always been probably i can't say my favorite all time but it, it's just so weirdly put together like all the songs seem great as an album i'm not sure it's great but it is great because all the songs are great <laughs> yeah like for me, i always thought it was one of those songs that it sounds like one of those ones where they're like what will fit in the set list like what sounds good live and then just chuck them all on one album but as a, when you listen to it as an album it doesn't fit together at all like it's really no, weird. not really and when we when we'll get discussed about the live versions uh it's not it's not a huge one that they play a lot of songs off on live, and when when you when you hear some of them, you're like, oh, I can see why they do not translate well over without the extra yeah. instruments and and um, pr- production and stuff like that. So, yeah. What, what uh, about you, um, Australian Paul? Uh, so this came up. To, this came to me. At, uh, I was 14, so I was like, perfect timing. Um, I'd always I'd already been into them for for a few years, and I, I bought this one, and a bunch of my friends bought it, and like you got the. Uh, in the CD, you got the little Polaroid things, yeah. but you got different ones with each one. So each no code package had like a different bunch of Polaroids, and we all sort of like kind of like um, weird basketball cards. You like sort of <laughs> took your no codes, just like <laughs> and just cool, like you though. know which which ones got which and all that stuff, and then like you know you could lay them all out, and like and they would, it would make that um, the triangle uh, with a dot in the middle. Um, I remember very distinctly uh, listening to this. Um, and it makes total sense now. Like, uh, um, I taped it, and then I went to the uh, our royal show with some friends and stuff like that. And I, um, I remember I distinctly listening to this on the on the on the bus that there and to to and from. And uh, one song in particular, every time, every time that I was I hear that song, I I I can I can remember the. Um, it was like one of those orangey evenings, like like the the air, the, the sky was like you know that orangey purple sort of color and all that stuff. And I was just like, I was, I think I was actually running late. I think my parents were going to be being, I was going to be in shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was just like it's just a, a very memorable time for me. Like that time, it's like, so yeah. Uh, um, no code as as an album, uh, because of the age, I think it really is my the one that you know I bought it with my own money. Um, you know, it's it's like yeah, it's one of my, my first uh, real sort of purchases that, that I could call mine, and um, just the packaging. Um, although 
when you're a little bit later on and you're trying to fit said CD into a fucking mm. CD tower. There's little digicase things. Oh, it's not even a digicase. It's like, it is, it's, it is literally bigger than any CD tower will will allow for a I CD. Had a, I had a special little shelf on my CD tower that like all my... I think uh, that's called the Pearl Jam shelf. Pearl Jam and John Frusciante did it to me as well. And yeah, Led well, Zeppelin. John, John Frusciante probably did it because he's a dick. Um, that's not fair. It's a good one. <laughs> look. Let's not get into this. No, let's, let's not. not fight in front of other Paul. Um, <laughs> so that's my that's my uh, my my little intro into to No Code. Um, I'll, uh, for everyone else, I mean, I'm sure we know uh, a lot about this album, but I'll just give a bit of a, a background. Um, so we need to get into the good. Let just jump straight to the juicy bit because I wasn't aware until you both told me individually that allegedly Jeff almost quit during this album. Yes. Let's just let's not, just get straight into the good bit. Not just that. He wasn't even told about the recording session until three, three days, days into after the recording. Yeah. Started. <laughs> three days into it. Oh, someone should call Jeff. I thought that Mike would be the one getting left out. No, so, Mike... so Mike was the Mike's uh, Mike's explanation of the event was it just made more sense for us to record separately than together. Otherwise, we wouldn't get anything done. Which sounds very much like a. It's not you, it's me kind of a way of saying Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I think at that stage, they all hate each other quite a lot. And um, I'm sure Stone wasn't there either. I'm pretty sure, like, from what I could tell like, in recording-wise, I think Mike and Eddie are quite thick as thieves in those sort of sessions. And then Jeff and Stone, and this is like, if you look at the PJ20 documentary, they talk about that sort of um, transference of uh, power. Um, Which just quickly, this was my issue when I first watched PJ Twenty, and it will be my issue every time I watch it today. I hate how they just skim over biology and no code. Actually, they pretty much go from verses to like modern day. Yeah, two thousand six yeah. almost. Like they just isn't it weird? Anytime you watch any of those sort of retrospective things about like I'm talking about like films and stuff like that. The one that you really want all the information on, they're like sort of like, ah, oh, uh, yeah, like whatever. Like, um, there's a Spielberg documentary, and they gloss over Catch Me, I'm uh, not Catch Me If You Can, um, The Terminal. And I know The Terminal is like not a great film, but I know there's like heaps of shit that went on in the background. I'm like, and I was like, all ready for him to like talk about, it, and they're like, oh, and then he did The Terminal, and then next, and I'm like, oh, come on, like give me yeah. the juice. Yeah, um, I think maybe because this is this and Vitology were the juiciest ones, they don't want to yeah. go there. All it says is like Stone, like Stone was made to fire Dave, and it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. And they did talk a little bit about this one. So obviously the power started to switch with Vitology. Yes, but no code is where Stone stopped fighting to be in control. Yeah, and I think Jeff was still sort of like I always thought Jeff was more the cool one out of the two, but like I can see him being a bit, um, a bit dickish. Like he also he said like even. Years on from it, in interviews, he says, "I've got nothing really to do with that album whatsoever, um, except play a Chapman." Have you seen that? No, <laughs> he plays. What? He, have you? Do you know, guys, know what a, what a Chapman is? No. And I can't work out which song. I think it's on "Who You Are." It's that. Um, you know, at the start of it, it sounds like a sort of a harp. Oh yeah. Strung. That's what a Chapman is. It's like it's like a really weird sort of like. Uh, um guitar that you um is kind of played in the same way as like a sort of a harp sort of thing like yeah it's oh. it's it's really weird but i was like chapman, yeah. that's a chapman 
I'm looking at a picture of one now. It looks kind of like a lap steel or a like a sitar almost. Like, but I don't think you, I don't think you lay it on your lap though. I think it actually you hold it oh. sort of thing. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was like it was a very weird looking thing. And I, I, the only thing I can think of is it's it's that start of who you are. Yeah, um, and it's like. He's like, you're three days late and you've bought a Chapman. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you're Stone's friend, so I guess you're still in the band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other interesting thing about this is, so it, it sounds like they spent a lot of time recording Off He Goes. They spent weeks recording Off He Goes, and then the other songs apparently rushed out a lot later. So it sounds like they almost recorded how Off He Goes and then probably had arguments and then it all fell apart a bit and they had to pull it back together. Is the kind of impression. Yeah, yeah. Like they were in, like they, they went to Louisiana and, and just did one song and they, um, uh, then like it was, it was kind of all over the place. They did a lot in Chicago and it was during the, I remember reading in the Lost Dogs liner notes that um, it was during the heat wave where people were being put in ice cream trucks the dead bodies were being put in ice cream trucks because oh. the morgue was so full. Um, oh. It was like a really, really bad... In the 90s? Way. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then uh, they they did the rest of the recordings in, uh, at Stone Gossards in, in uh, Seattle. But uh, yeah, there's like a, it, was, it was basically like a lot of tension going on. Um, and I think... I don't know, because when we get onto Yield... I do think there's a, there's a shift in songwriting. You can tell from um, definitely from verses to Vitology, but even Vitology to this one, I think you can tell. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of comments about, especially in PJ20, and I think Eddie has said that they tried to not be that band. Like they kind of wanted a lot of people to not like them anymore. Which I don't know how you consciously do that when writing music and recording it. Well, but... no, because we, we we talked about this with uh, um, a few bands in the nineties, um, where they have uh, like Pavements one, where it's like you, they start the song, and it's like this is a pretty good song, and then they just like put a whole bunch of like feedback over the top. It's like ah, oh, you ruined it, and it's like, and I think it's because they wanted to 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 thin the herd of people who yeah. would listen to them like regardless, and to like the radio sessions who will just who just want something like nice and catchy and poppy sort of thing. Yeah, and well, having who you are as a first single. Yes, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> because Radiohead did that as well, didn't they? Because they recorded um, "Lift" as one of the OK Computer songs, and they decided they didn't want it on the album because it'd be too popular. Mm. So they just didn't yeah. release it. Yeah, um, just Sonic, like, okay. Sonic Youth, another one. Sonic Youth is like the amount of times I'm like, "Oh, this is really good." Then like, it's like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's Sonic Youth, fuck." It's like, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's um the Pixies. I always have like, I mean, I've got a love hate with the Pixies anyway, but like. The Pixies are a great one for like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, they, no. they fuck around with their songs a lot. No, no, they're all, they're all pretty good. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me COVID, Ben. You gave yourself COVID. Uh, did Frank Blank? Was it, was it, was it, was it, was it his sweat? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I went, I went to see, uh, I got, so on the Tuesday, I went to see the Pixies and, um, uh, it was just a really annoying crowd. It was an outdoor show, but it was just an annoying crowd where they all bunched up and there was just, mm. there was someone who just kept walking. Do you know, like when people think they're standing still and they just keep backing into you? Oh, uh, yeah. And they think it's you walking into them. <laughs> I had someone do that to me throughout the show. I'm turning around and be like, stop walking into me. I'm like, no, I'm standing still. You're stepping back and forth. You're driving. Um, <laughs> I, exactly. And then, uh, yeah. And then uh, I went to see, actually, I went to see Pearl Jam at Hyde Park. Um, so I went down to London on the Saturday. Uh, I remember this. 
And, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've probably told you. And yeah. I had an awkward thing, but I started having, like, I remember the night, day before, I didn't have many, uh, I didn't have much appetite. And the next day, I just felt, like, very, like, under it. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I think I might have COVID. So I used my friend's COVID test. And then it was, and then, like, what do I do? I'm in London. I can't go anywhere without going on public transport crammed together. So we decided, oh, it's an outdoor show. I'll go with a mask on. And uh, yeah, and basically I stayed about 10 feet away from anyone the entire ah, show. Still like <laughs> the photos of me, like stood in the background. My friends were all together. You've done um, way more than most of the <laughs> population that I know about. Exactly. If anyone listens to this that was at that Hyde Park show, you did not get COVID from Paul. <laughs> you got it somewhere else. Probably from, probably from <laughs> Frank I Black. I noticed a few other people suspiciously doing something similar. So I, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Um, but yeah, it was one of those awkward ones because it was like the second, it was like the second wave they called it. But yeah, that that so I that's my mea culpa for going to a Pearl Jam show when I had COVID. <laughs> so, like, anyway. Nice. It was long um, ago enough now. I don't think you can get arrested for it. You'll be fine. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it was that thing. Like, if I was at home, I wouldn't have gone. But because it was in London, I thought there's no way I can go home without going past millions of people anyway. So yeah. you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, I guess. I can't yeah, speak yeah. for Paul, but you know, if if Pearl Jam. If 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 I had tickets to a jam show, there's not much that's going to make me not go. Oh yeah. Nah. I mean, I don't want to be a spreader, but th- that's my band. I'm sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't have got uh, was, was, you wouldn't have got uh, COVID if Kim Deal was still on the band. She hadn't been treated so badly. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's my major problem with the Pixies. But you had a crush on Kim, and she left. Who didn't have a crush on Kim? Um, so. <laughs> well maybe he did and that's why she left i don't know yeah um all right so let's get on to i think we've pretty much covered like um do you uh, do you think they spent so much time on off he goes because ed was trying to apologize to the band about being such a jerk but he just was more of a jerk by spending i don't know like but i don't know whether he was being a jerk or the other people like like jeff and um stone were just i got a feeling that they like uh, I'm not I'm not like a an Ed, an Ed defender, but like I think Stone and Jeff might have been um, just trying to keep things status quo and maybe not looking to the future and not seeing that like they've got we've got the you know, you're not in Mother Love Bone anymore like you're not calling the shots it's just you know, it's just the way it is. I have seen a few things uh, that say everyone was kind of trying to act a bit more polite and better because Jack Iron was around. <laughs> They didn't want to look like children in front of him. Yeah. Like unprofessional. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah. Do you want to hear what Vedder himself said about Off He Goes? Yeah. Yes. So he said he, he wrote about how shit a friend he is. And he said he added that he'll show up and everything's great. And then all of a sudden I'm out of there. So clearly he felt like he had commitment issues in the band, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just mentioned on um, to Ben oh, in the group chat, I was like, I watched Hype today, which is coming out. On out, like in, it comes out in November of 1996, um, but it was filmed, I think, very much probably when they were record, recording No Code. And he's sitting with um, he's sitting with Beth, uh, looking all cute. He's with Hovercraft, um, and I think it's really sort of telling that it's only him from Pearl Jam. Like you see them jamming, like you basically see him playing "Not for You" like for about 30 seconds at the end. Um, but I knew that I know that he was really trying to be as uh, 
um, punk as he could be. Like he was, he was in a van. And the rest of the band was like flying in planes, lots of stuff, and he was doing that monkey wrench radio and stuff. And this is coming off. Um, I think the rest of them had just been touring with Neil Young. Yeah, yeah. So they've gone out and they've like had a breath of fresh air and they're all reinvigorated and like you know loving life again with Grandpa Neil. But and I think Eddie was like, um, he was really sort of, uh, he felt bad about, um, in the doco, he's like, I feel bad because not only did they come and take these bands from Seattle and they kind of exploited us, they never even, they they tried to find the, the next new thing, but they didn't even go to and see what was already there. So all the bands that sort of had been plugging along for years, they just sort of got overlooked and then like, you know, didn't get anything for it and he felt bad for that. He sort of, he took the brunt of that which you know some people might say or that you know, it's, it's not his fault that like his band got popular it's just um actually watching yeah. that hype documentary it reminds me of every like deplorable music nerd i've ever talked to because <laughs> like there's all these bands that are just so bitter about nirvana and pearl Jam and Soundgarden, and it's like <laughs> well how much did you do for yourselves as well i don't know like <laughs> Speaking of nerds, did you didn't watch any of the special features for PJ Twenty? Oh, not for a while. There's a this guy that does uh, British Paul. Have you do you see it? Do you remember it? The guy that does the no, statistics. I think, I think I've only I think I've only seen the film. I don't think I've seen the special features. Well, you should because your friend Ben is in the special features, but that's another thing. Um, <laughs> there's this guy that does all these stats about all the songs, and this isn't that relevant, but I have to bring it up because it made me so angry. He points out Alive and there's this huge dip where they weren't playing it very often. And he's like, oh, the band probably just got tired of it and they're burnt out and realized people didn't want to want to hear it or see it anymore. They stopped playing it because nine people died at a concert and they didn't want to play the song Alive anymore. Yeah. Because it didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> and no one told this guy that. And he is now on a DVD and a Blu-ray saying, they probably just got bored of the song. No, they didn't. I love... Pearl Jam fans so much because they are the worst. <laughs> they are the they are the, the worst. Oh <laughs> they are. You know, that's that's the, that's the one consensus I have about everyone that sort of I talk to Pearl Jam about on here or anywhere else is like they are the worst. Do, the, do they have the list when they play in Australia? The list. Yeah, like when you queue up and they take everyone's names down on a list to make sure everyone's standing in order. They they tried it in two thousand and nine. Um, I don't know if they did it for the Big Day Out tour, but I was a big advocate uh, for fucking that list off because as soon as the gate opens, everyone just runs. Yeah. What's the point? Oh, no, no. But in Europe, okay, I, I don't know how many Pearl Jam fans listen to this. Maybe I'll get in trouble. I have been to shows where the set, the list is set up by the fans. And yeah. then when everyone gets to the front row, the person gets out the list and is like, okay, this person. <gasps> Jesus. It's terrible, but I kind of like it. Oh my god, it's 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 an experience. I'll tell you. All that I much. heard from the big day out was that there were Pearl Jam fans on the on the gate of that stage all day and wouldn't let anyone else, even when other bands were playing, they wouldn't let anyone else stand there because, and I bet they all got like melanomas and stuff for just being in the sun all day. But well, like, yeah, but you line up for that rail, you can't leave the rail. All day, and then not letting other people enjoy bands that uh, when your band is even even on. It, enjoy it from the second row, mate. If you want to be on the barrier, you got to get there early. Fuck off. All right, so 
<laughs> Let's get into um I I do have the uh the B sides, but I might I might sort of just go through them quickly at the end. Um because we should get onto the onto our lists. Um so uh what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let guest go first. So we're just gonna say our our thirteenth song out of our thirteen and then um we'll go from there. Okay, so Paul, what do you what do you have at number thirteen? First of all, I'm really sorry, Ben. I'm really, really sorry. Oh, no. Um, around the bend. Okay. Oh. oh, okay. I thought it was going to be something much worse. That's okay. I'm okay, okay. with that. Okay. I don't okay. think it's appropriate, but you know. <laughs> okay. I mean, what do you, What do you got, Ben? I've got Lucan. You fucking madman. <laughs> what? Jeepers uh, creepers. This what? is going to be fun. Uh, I've got unopen. Wow. So I thought that you were joking. Uh, is it a song? <laughs> uh, I can't wait to make you feel so bad about that later on. Okay. Uh, so number twelve, what have we got? I'm open. Ha! <laughs> All right, Ben. Wow. All right. This this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> um, I've gone. My number twelve is habit. You fucking madman! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I think Paul's going out. Number you here, Ben? Um, <laughs> um, I've got mankind. How is that any different? Uh we will talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a while till we have an all three. Yeah, I know. This is, this is this is getting this is getting interesting already. So, uh, so what have we got for number eleven for you, Paul? Hail, hail. Ooh. My lord in heaven, what is going on? Yeah, see, at least I'm not I'm not that controversial. Jesus. All right. That's yeah, I can't wait. We'll to get talk to about that. it when it comes up. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh if you didn't have like a family member die during that, <laughs> this is something that's gonna happen. <laughs> um Ben. You're around the bend. And I also have around the bend, so let's talk about around the bend. Uh, so, not a lot to say. It's it good. Written as a uh, as a, a lullaby for uh, Jack Iron's son. Oh, that's nice. Um, now I should have put it lower. I forgot to say before. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, so I forgot to say before. I watched the um the Moline is it Moline or Mo- Moline show? There's a it's a show where in 2014 where Pearl Jam just came out and they played No Code in its entirety. Um, so which they said the- they wouldn't do. Right off the bat. Remember that? Yeah. Because Springsteen started doing it. They're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. But they did it. And um, did. the entire concert is on uh, YouTube. And I, I, you should oh. watch it because you know how like um, we'll get to it. But like, you know, uh, some, some versions of these songs they've kind of fucked with over the years. They tried to sort of make it as as um, close to the uh, the album as possible. Yeah. This one here... Firstly, Eddie forgot the, the, the words to it. <laughs> that happens a bit. Um, but yeah, it doesn't... And probably because of where it was in the show, which is like, it's like now it's like, you know, 13 songs in. Yeah. It's sort of grinding halt sort of thing. Um, as much as he sort of tried to like uh, make it sort of go hard a bit, it's it's still a, a, a country ballad. Um, I don't know. I've got a feeling like this one, if I'm in the mood for that sort of stuff... Like it could have got higher, but um, I think it's a really nice song. I really like it, and it could have been higher. But at the end of the day, 
there's 13 songs here and it's it's got to come somewhere. I like McCready's uh, solos on it. They're really good. Yeah. Um, Paul Wright, you're obviously not... Are you not a fan or just it had to be on there somewhere? It's... In, somewhere in between. I just feel like it's one of those songs that are like, oh, I haven't listened to that for a while. I quite like that song. I listen to it. About halfway through, I just want to skip it. And I, I, when I saw it, like when I saw it live, uh, I felt the same. I was just like, oh, nice. You're on the band. They never play this song. And about halfway through, I was like, okay, I've kind of had enough now. I don't know. It just <laughs> did you go like anywhere. put your hand up to Eddie and just start pointing to your watch? Just like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> been on. But surely there's there's a touch of specialness to that because they this doesn't get played often oh i was no. also oh, i forgot to do my my little uh quiz that i'm gonna ask you at the end of this oh okay. uh so i've got um our good old setlist.fm up and i've got the no code stats as far as no as as far as this site goes okay i'm sure you could probably pick, check other sites and they've done more gigs i don't give a fuck you're pearl jam fans um <laughs> but uh i want you to guess uh the what has been made the maybe the top three most played songs of this album okay okay i i'm not gonna say that i'm cheating but i do have like i went through to check my stats for how often i've seen them so it does give me a slight clue towards it but i don't know the actual numbers okay but but just admitting that i might have some insight all right cool so um what do you reckon do you want to try to do it right now what 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 your the top three songs of this album that them the most played well, well, you can say or do you want to do well maybe just think about just think about it and then at the end okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get your answers all right we'll okay. go so. once the, why don't we have like a a mid-list break where we can have a little quiz okay nice <laughs> we can stop being angry <laughs> at each other <laughs> i'm already angry all right um oh, right number 10 yeah who you are oh who you are okay and the reason why it's in this ranking is there's one line in the song. One line. Can you guess what that line is? Uh, who you are? <laughs> who are you? Who we are. <laughs> oh, no. Hang on a second. I'm just looking up the lyrics because I've forgotten the line I hate so much. Hang on a second. Just talk amongst yourselves. You Should hate the line so much <laughs> that you just removed it from your memory. Well, I want to say it right. I want to say it right. Here we go. The line that I hate the most is... That's the moss in the aforementioned verse. It doesn't fit oh. in the song at all. <laughs> Does he mention moss in an earlier verse? Yeah, yeah, for moss the on your soul. Verse. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it Look. doesn't fit in the lyrics. It doesn't fit in the rhythm of the song. It just and he just kind of mumbles it towards the end, and you can't quite make out what it is without looking at the lyrics because yeah, it just kind of. <laughs> Brendan O'Brien's like, "What was that, Ed? Do you want to go again? No, no, that's fine. It's like, did you actually write a lyric there? Uh, the aforementioned moss." <laughs> it does sound very lazy. Um, it, yeah, it's just—it's just bizarre. I—I just—I just want to ask Ed why? Why did you do that? It's, you it's ruined like a good the, song. The spoken version of an email saying "see above." <laughs> <laughs> and he's, the actual other was like copy and paste what I said before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what is your number ten? Uh, my number ten, I feel slight guilt about, but it is mankind. Okay, that's fair. Uh, my number <laughs> ten is uh, Lucan, which is you know, it's not last. It's 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 middling, but it's not last. So. I mean, it's not in the. I was going to oh. say it's not top ten. It's just in the top ten. But you know, yeah. I'm... Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the number nine for Paul. 
Uh, yeah, here's where it comes into the like it's it's starting to be a bit tougher now. So yeah, my mine's mankind. All right, let's talk about mankind. Uh, yeah, I I I don't look. I don't like stone. I'm gonna get it right now. <laughs> like I just I feel oh. like, and you know what? I think because uh, we've talked about this before, most people who who are in bands and like Pearl Jam, it's that thing of like. You think you're Ed, but you're probably Stone. <laughs> and yeah, I but then you I... get to know Stone, you're like, okay, yeah, I'd be Stone. I don't know. I think he's... I don't know. He... That Pearl Jam 20 did nothing to make me like him anymore. He just seems like disinterested to the point of being offensive. Um, but I think... I don't think he actually feels that way. I think he's like that for the camera, but I think he's like super into like... Uh, everything they've done sort of thing but he yeah he does that whole nonchalant thing and i, I don't like it so. I, I i always got the impression that stone is like the george harrison of the group he's like the quiet backbone who just gets the work done yeah and yeah i, I get the impression like sometimes in pj20 i feel like he was almost like talking because the cameras were there and he had to say something i feel like he's quite a private person and he probably didn't want to say that much to the camera and that's maybe why he comes off as a bit of a jerk is because he's just kind of saying what they want to hear yeah yeah I think he was uh, quite outspoken and annoying in his earlier days. And now he's just kind of quit and given up, but he's still, I remember there's a scene in picture in a frame where, <laughs> do you remember this? Oh we... man. It's so good. It's so, it makes me feel sorry for him. This, this moment. Yeah. Where he, I think he's talking to Ed and then he tries to talk to Matt and like, there's just a point where, Everyone is ignoring everything he says and does. They're just about They're... to do encore, and Ed's trying to work out what they should do. And uh, Stone's just sort of saying stuff, and the, and then like Ed even goes, "Yep, yep," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> and then he says something to Matt because Matt's like, "Oh, I'm pretty gassed from like singing all these songs." He's like, "Oh yeah, you you sing on like the whole new album, don't you?" And Matt just doesn't respond. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's kind of harsh, but you can see. I mean, I, I've always seen Stone as the dweeb of the band, and that just made me think, yeah, he is the big dweeb of the band. That... And the thing is, like, um, in that in that Moline show when they do Mankind, um, uh, yeah, he starts it, and I think uh, um, Mike does it in the wrong key, and the glare that he gives him, oh. it's amazing. But that so that's part of the joy for me, and it's I probably should have had it lower because I don't love the song, but it's a novelty song. I think also because like Ed. Ed does like backups on it, and I've actually I've actually uh, been fortunate enough or unfortunate enough um, to have seen this live. I think um, we all have, have we not? Yeah, I mean, you guys know. Like, I, I, my my pool of gigs is like a lot smaller. So, like, considering you know what, I was actually looking back at it. I'm like, I've actually seen think, a lot of this album live. Yeah. I I don't think I've actually seen Mankind live. I need to double check. Maybe I have. Maybe I've seen it once. I had, I I had like... my little stats up, and it was it was at one of the London shows in twenty eighteen. Okay, but like, just the lyrics of the song are stupid, and the song's <laughs> stupid, and it is easy to play. So when I was like trying to learn stuff off this album, because it's, it's not one of the, out of all the guitar bass uh, song, like albums for Pearl Jam, this one's actually one of the more difficult ones for me oh. yeah um like, I, I i like i was saying before like for me it's this is very much like a live album and it really split me in ranking these because there are some that sound really good on record but i don't really 
like maybe don't have the impact live and then there's some like mankind where it's just so fun when they play it live because it has that sort of jokey owl stone singing now kind of feel to yeah. it and you know it doesn't happen all the time and you know eddie normally <laughs> makes a joke about it about how he's a better singer or whatnot and like it just it just it it just fits really well into the live show and it does sound like a b-side put on the album but it doesn't yeah it bring the album down for it. it it's just a fun song to have there and you know it's not going to be the best most you know it's not the most uh emotional song but it it it's just fun yeah yeah i disagree <laughs> <laughs> um Gosh. no uh yeah I, I think it's just um it was listening to it at the time it was so out of step with anything they'd done and i think i was in that 14 year old like you're not that type of band <laughs> like don't do yeah. that um but yeah i can see for what it is now it's fine but um you know, I, th- I believe they were just trying to do as much stuff as possible like that's different so you know kudos for that but um you know my um my little google feed tried to catch me out some clickbait the other day and it's there was this headline that said the only song the only Poe Jam song that Eddie doesn't sing on. Oh, yeah. And it's... I clicked into it because I'm a fool. I was like, this isn't real. This isn't real. There's there's more than one song. It better not just say Mankind. And it just said Mankind. <laughs> but... What about Give Me No Lip? Exactly. Give Me No Lip? Exactly. And, and the best, are we going to talk about the whale song later? No, absolutely not. <laughs> We're going to talk about all okay. sorts of whales. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number nine. Yeah. I'm very sorry. Is Red Mosquito. Fuck you. <laughs> it had to be listed somewhere. I'm not putting it at number one. But nine? Um, we'll get to it. I'll tell oh, you yeah. why. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So my number nine is Who You Are. Yeah. So we've got two for Who You Are now. Weird. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to feel very silly now, maybe. Uh, number eight for Paul. Red Mosquito. Hey. God. <laughs> I wonder how long we'll have to wait. It is. It, 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 the, now we're firmly in sort of the mid-tier songs. And like, yeah, I feel like these are, these are the, 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 the really quite good songs, just not the magical songs for me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, just like my number eight. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a met. I'll explain later. Smile. Uh, mine Smile as well. Hey, for number right. eight, yeah. Uh, Paul, is your number seven smile by any chance? It is. Oh, right. well, All let's right. swap We're instruments in for some fucking now. reason and talk about this song. <laughs> um, it's, it's fun. It's another like mankind style. Like this is just quirky, and if you get to see it yeah. live, you know they're gonna swap sides of the stage and their instruments. And I was watching it today, cool. and you know what's like? This is like, are you? Do you play guitar, Paul? I do play guitar. Okay, it's really weird. Um, Jeff plays this song in power chords, even though it's like it's an A E D E progression that would sound so oh. nice. And he has this nice guitar that he could do like open chords with, and he plays power chords. And I just it 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 frustrated me. I don't know. It was just a really he. There are, he, there are rock look, that have to play him, but he also chords. looks he also looks like a. When I was watching the, the Moline show today, he looks he looks so much like a bassist playing guitar. <laughs> like it seems yeah. very weird for him to have that thing. And he he on the guitar he had a whammy bar, 
and he just wouldn't fucking leave that thing alone. It was like, yeah, see, it's fun. But leave it alone, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but this for me, this song I used to love it. Like before I saw them live, this was like way up there of one of the songs I just really want to see live. And then they just played it to death, and then it just got to the point where it just it just something in me just tweaked twigged and it just became the most annoying song so it's like i I've, I've put it up there for my old love but now it's got to the stage where i'm just a bit like irritated by it a tiny bit yeah uh, i definitely understand that i've only seen it twice um it wasn't so... a single oh, but it could have been a single like i feel like this could have been mm-hmm. yeah it was a uh, definitely a, a crowd favorite for a while yeah, um, I, I think I've, yeah, I think I've seen this one like at least like eight, nine, ten times now. Yeah. Just keep playing. Guess the uh, guess the harmonica out. Usually plays it to the back of the crowd these days, like the, the back section. Like on this on this last tour, he's done it a couple of times. Yeah, there there always seems to be they'll reuse certain songs for the Did longest last time. Kiss. It was last kiss. Yeah, and, oh, it's the worst. Um, Play so this is uh, this is the one where he took the lyrics from it. Like he was at um, is it the the guy from the is it the frogs? The frogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. One time I saw him uh, yeah. tribute it. So. He, um, he, apparently the lead singer of the frogs wrote all these lyrics in um, Eddie's like book, and he just like used it in the song. So there's no real meaning to it, I don't think. But sounds like thievery to me. Um, I do like, I did like the fact that um, the solo of the song is really easy to play. So like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's. When when I was like learning how to play guitar, and it's like, oh, I can actually do this, and it sounds pretty much exactly like it. I'm like, oh my god, look at me! And it's like you think that it's Mike McCready doing it. It's like it's actually Jeff Solo. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's why it sucks so much. That's that's why it sounds a lot like a bass line. Yes, it does. <laughs> Bassists are amazing. Um, you just don't need them for the first three days of recording. <laughs> I feel so. Being a bass player, I feel so fucking triggered by that. I'm like, you know what? It's true, but you don't need to say it. <laughs> All this time, I thought they are the most important one. You put Who's down the drums, g- you put down the bass. Who's that? Yeah, well, that's right. Like, whenever I recorded, it's like bed tracks first. You'd make the bass players there with the drums. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, no. okay, whatever. Um, cool. So we're up to your number eight, Benjamin. Uh, my seven. Oh, seven, sorry is hail hail <laughs> okay okay it's gotta go somewhere all right are you sure we're on seven is it yeah i did so uh oh, yes, yes. little bts i did my list this afternoon wasn't i've listened to the album all week i haven't listened to it at all today and i just looked at the track list and went this is what i feel this is what's happening okay and this is the only one out of all of them, where I was like, oh, do I put that somewhere else? Mm. Yeah, you should have. It's seven. Um, so my number seven is uh, Habit. So is that three for Habit? No. No. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Still got a way to go. Ooh. Ooh. Some all maniac right. number six. set it for some reason. <clears throat> number six for Paul. Lucan. So I think that's all three oh. for Lucan now. Let's spend uh, 59 seconds that, uh, is that 59 seconds of the song, the song thing. Let's or? talk about why Paul has it so high. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> Would you like to like to talk about why I have it so high? Um, yes. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just think it's just like perfect for what it is. It sets out with a plan. It achieves that plan. It goes out away again. You know, it's a short song. It doesn't need to be long, and it's just like. When they play it live, it's just like, like 
just a, a small ball of energy and then it's over. And I just think yeah. there's something magical about having that like encapsulated energy that doesn't like it doesn't go on for like, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, blah, 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 blah. Especially Pearl Jam, you know, rear view mirror, nine minutes long. No one needs that. Yeah, no, that's true. I just think there's something special about having that really short song that really works. And OK, there's not much to it, but I just think it's perfect for what it is. Yeah, I, I remember being um, a kid that was into like a lot of punk rock as well. This was like, you know, um, we already sort of had a sort of a, a t touch of it with Split Black Circle. So like, you know, this was not considered by a lot of my friends that were in the same to the same punk stuff as like a good band. But like this was like a bridging thing. It's like, you know, they can still do this stuff as well. Um, and yeah, like learning how to play it. Uh, let's also talk. I just want to. Um, oh, firstly, Ben, is there anything that you want to add about Luke and? Um... I just don't think it belongs on the album. All right, you're wrong. Um, so like, the... I like the song. I don't hate the song. Um, it's I'm not. It's not like I've seen it live a stack of times. It's just boring now. Like it's fun to see live. I agree with pretty much everything Paul said. I just think it could be one of those like rare B sides or you know, it, okay. it's, uh, I don't need it. Cool. Uh, who we're up to? Uh, my number six. Okay. Is who you are. Ah, so have you done that? No, that's all of us. That's all of us. Cool. So, uh, this is the lead single, single off the album, and I remember very specifically that my friend Andrew's mum, uh, she picked him up from school and just saw me, and she's like, "Oh, hey, while I was at work, they put the new Pearl Jam song on," and we're like, "Oh shit!" Like, you know, it was good, and she's like, "It sucks," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "She's like, it's weird." I was like, "Ah." Oh, Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to go home and listen to Triple J and see if they're going to replay it at all. But yeah, um, and that was not like, I mean, I remember like in the coming weeks, like where people, more and more people heard who you are, they were, a lot of people were scared um, by the song. It was such a departure. Um, I feel like there's moments in Vitology where this could have been the next step. Not oh, many yeah. moments, but just those drum beats aside from the line that Paul has now pointed out to me being awful. I think lyrically it's pretty good. Can't defend fucked up man's excellent. Yeah. I, I, I really want to know where this song comes from. Cause it's written by stone and Jack. And I'm just wondering, is this Jack's influence coming into the band? Cause he well, doesn't, yeah. he, I think it's the only song he's credited as writing and it does feel like completely different from everything else. And obviously drums are quite a heavy, like I don't see how you write this song without the drums. So yeah. Cause, yeah, cause we'll find out on, um, on yield like that. Um, the red dot song, like that was a, a groove that he um that he had going. So I think he he was very much like, oh, here's I've got, I've got like he was actually a, a songwriter drummer where it's like, oh, I've got this thing. Can you build something around it? Whereas like, I think drummers beforehand was like, oh, you've got the song. I'll I'll I'll, I'll make a beat to that. In with WMA obviously being like the the different sort of thing, but like, yeah, I think um, I found one today as well. Actually, is, I found is, another one of his that was similar to this. And in my tree, like an in between, apparently called Small Mosquito. Okay. I don't know if either of you've heard of that. No. no. It's the same thing, like just this weird random drum beat that he's written is like, guys, make a song out of it. And I don't know if any... I think that may have become Red Dot. Oh, okay, maybe, yeah. If you'll find it on SoundCloud, I think Pearl Jam Live has it. But yeah, I'd... there's a few of these. It would be nice to know more of the story behind it and how they came about. And I'm sure some people know this shit out there, but. Well, I remember Not at the time thinking I, I'd heard like um, 
because that stuff he did for the Dead Man Walking with um, Nasrat Fatah Ali Khan, that face yep. of love, like Eddie seemed to be getting into that sort of world music thing a bit too. And like, that's why I, I thought, I'd always thought for the longest time that he was very much behind who you are. Because like, it seemed to be fitting with what he was getting into. But yeah, Stone being like a one of the songwriters. And then when you, when I watched it at that Merlin show today on um, YouTube, the, there's heaps of backups on these songs that I didn't realize. Like him and um, Jeff, especially like in, in this song, they do a really really decent backup job. Um, he does and... he does play sitar on this as well. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah, go. so that would fit in with his uh, Ali Khan sort of influence. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think, but yeah, I, I, it's grown on me over the years. Like it's, but we'll say. Um, when I when I was watching it live and I haven't really heard it live that much, it's it loses something. Like it's it's not yeah. built for guitar, drums, and bass. Like it needs other stuff. Like even though you got boom there, like it's it's still very empty. Um, I think even there, when they were playing it, it was it was, it was kind of cute in a way. They were, they were kind of like it's kind of like they were the playing these songs for the first time. Like a couple of times, they were sort of like, oh, I don't know if this is going very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally they just played it. For the first time in a while, uh, last week. Yeah, yeah, I've seen they've been doing like quite a few like rare, all not rarities, but like yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. some of it. And this, just to be a pearl jam wanker, real quick. Uh, this is one of two songs on this album that I've never seen them do. Oh. And I, even though I know it would not be great, I, I still want to see it happen. What's else? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the same. Thing. Just yeah. looking down the album, I think, I think I've seen them all actually, apart from. Apart from um, who you are, and if you count like the I'm open, you know when they do that small intro, they don't do the full version because it's not a song for it's not a song. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fine, it is. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I do feel like there's a couple of songs here where they don't play them often. But if they just put the effort to actually rework them, I think they could work. But the problem is, I think Pearl Jam a lot of the time are just like, yeah, let's just play the song, and because they've obviously got a huge catalog and they play so many songs, I don't think they maybe take the time they should to practice it rather than oh. just be like, oh yeah, we can play that one. Um and in, in this in this show, um Matt start starts the drum beat off and Jeff starts playing in my tree and he's like, No, no, no. Not that one. <laughs> the other drum one. Um it's funny that um Stone mentions that in PJ twenty where is it Stone or Matt? I think it's Stone. One of them is saying like uh, Eddie gets a vibe from the crowd in the town of like what song is they gonna play. And someone's like, oh, we haven't played that song for like six years. Like, no, we'll, we'll work it out backstage. It'll be fine. Yeah, you can tell sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah remember Bugs? <laughs> um, there, uh, there is a song that we haven't come on to yet, which I had that 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 exact experience with. But I'll, I'll say that when we get to the song. Uh, what about, who's up to? You're number six, sir. Uh, sometimes. Wow. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting so, number five okay. for paul I, yeah my number five is off he goes this is when we're getting to the big hitters and i really struggled with the ordering from now yeah. on yeah yeah we're, yeah yeah top five yeah um yeah. this is there's no bad songs anymore these are all officially mm. good songs by pure uh <laughs> ones that you haven't said yet i think there are still some bad songs in your list <laughs> i am quite excited by the fact how many we still have similars to go, which yeah, I wasn't expecting. Um, my number five is sometimes. Mine is 
uh, present tense. Ooh. Oh, okay. okay. We're not getting angry. We're just getting curious now. I got angry before. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be as angry now because it's top five. So it's, it's a slight yeah. disappointment, but, you know, we'll see where it goes. All right, well, my number four. four is going to, yeah, my number four, uh, you've probably guessed it by now, have it. All right. Oh, finally. So you guys had it way lower than I did. I was surprised. Oh, I mean, mine was only like seven, but like, um, he certainly can't sing it anymore from what I've heard from like a couple of uh, recordings I've listened to this week. He's uh, really struggling to get, like it's, I think it's because it's such a heavy song all the way through. Yeah. It's um, kind of like Blood, but not as good. Yeah. And, and like, How How, but not as good. But I love this. I like it. It was it was so good because it's it was like I think it's one of their only detuned song. Like it's it's um it's just so ferocious. There's like living, speaking as a child in the nineties, it's just amazing. Um but the thing I've really loved this week is the outro to it. That nearly makes the song for me. It's amazing. I love it. This that it's just that little and Mike sort of just starts wailing at the end there, and it's just uh yeah, it's it's not a bad song by any means. It's just I I feel I put it in the same category as Habit. Uh, sorry, as Mankind. Mankind and Habit to me are very similar. Just you, just, uh, just lower grade crazy. versions. I don't know. It's, so don't it's the reason I had it so habit. high. Um, I, so I, I was listening back and I was trying to like I listened to the albums in order because again, like Paul was saying, I was trying to take myself. Because obviously I got into them, I just learned everything from right up to right acts as one big chunk. So I didn't really learn the sort of the how it was going year by year. So yeah. I was listening back and really like Habit feels like the end of an era in a way. It feels like the last one of those songs they really did before they went on to the more you know yield and the more melodic things. Yeah. So it kind of yep. nostalgic kind of saying goodbye because it almost feels like it should belong in Vitalogy. Like it it it, it has that feeling to it. Yeah, like I, I could, the only thing I can think of as, as even closer is uh, "Save You," like um, in the, in the albums to yeah. come, sort of thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's that that it definitely takes it down. I um, funnily like enough, um, "Save You," that's about Mike, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and "Habit," I'm pretty sure is about Mike. <laughs> is it? I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. Because this was when he was, you know, pretty heavy into drink and like his painkillers and stuff. Um, yeah, when I saw him in uh, 98. Is it 98 that I saw him? No. Yeah. Yeah, 98. Um, yeah, he was looking nice and alcohol chubby. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, he's gone through all the phases. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he also had a heroin issue earlier, yeah. didn't he? I think this is what the, this one would probably be about. So, yeah. yeah. Like it's, um... But, yeah. Look, it's, it's a good song. I do have some guilt about having it so low. But it just... Okay. I don't, I don't feel anything with this one. That's my issue. Uh, yeah. Again, I've seen this one live once. And it was, about, I think, in twenty twelve, maybe. Um, and yeah, it just it lit me up. It was just amazing to see. Like it just had such a ferocity to it. When um Jack hits the snare um twice going into that outro, it's just like it's so deep and yeah, it's just yeah, that that's amazing. So weirdly, uh, another Pearl Jam wanker story. Pardon me. Uh, my second ever show was basically a greatest hits set, but they played this song and there was one or two others that were just like a bit weird. And I thought it was the greatest show I will ever see. <laughs> and everyone else was like, that was just 
a best of set. It's like, yeah, but they played Habit and they like it was Bono came out and it was cool and it was like, no, it was just fucking garbage. Uh, they sound like terrible people. <laughs> well, they're Pearl Jam fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, your your number four, Benjamin is off. He goes. Ah, mine is in my tree. Ooh, okay. Um, the the first in my tree. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Are we right? Number three for the poll. Sometimes. Have we had all sometimes now? Yes. Uh, yes, we have. I had it at five and uh, P1 had it at six. Yeah. Um, good. Pretty close together. Yeah. I, I've i got something. That I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like sometimes, um, but I like it more as a bridge to the next song <laughs> than anything else. Um I, I like the I, I do like the um you can hear him breathing on the microphone in it. I really like that bit. Um and it's and very the, the very... pauses in his the lyrics. I always yeah. love that. Yeah. Um I listened to a couple of live versions and they've kind of quickened it up a bit and I I don't care for that at all. <laughs> um yeah, I was like this works as a very sort of subtle start of the either like star of the show or star of the encore type sort of thing. But yeah, um, it was yeah, it's it's a good song, but yeah, just um, not. I think it's a great album opener and it's a great show opener. I don't know why it doesn't open more shows. Yeah. I only saw them do it once, um, which just seems criminal. I feel like this song should get played a lot more than it does. Mm. Oh, I, I, yeah, I've seen them open it. Quite a few times, probably about one in four shows. Probably I've seen they've probably opened with it. Like, yeah, I, I think for me again, I was just trying to think. Like, I didn't used to like it because it's not a showy song. There's not an awful lot to it lyrically. I think it's quite beautiful, but it's not like you know a mass, massive solo or anything like musically. But again, it just does what it needs to do really well. So I just really grew to like it in its simplicity. And then I thought, actually, it's just again, it's just perfect in what it does and it doesn't need to do anything more. Like it doesn't need a guitar solo or anything like that. And when they play it live and it does like lead into the second song and it does have that sort of, like sometimes they start with songs that are very like full energy and just rock into it. I was thinking, you know, have release. And then I feel like sometimes it's just a maybe much like, let's just take a breath before the show starts. It just has a really nice sort of community meditative feel to it. It has a really strange energy that you don't normally get at live songs. I think it's just really beautiful. And it can be really nice when they have whatever musical intro they're having can often blend into that really nicely. And then, yeah, leading into the whatever the second song usually is a bit crazier. But it's it's just, it's nice. The the guitar is really nice. Eddie's voice is really nice. The lyrics are good. It's, Does he it's play that um, in his solo sets quite a bit too? Or? Uh, I think he has. I think I've seen him do it solo a couple of times. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Remember when he just started doing it and he refused to do Pearl Jam songs because he thought it would be weird and then he just started <laughs> not only doing Pearl Jam songs at his shows but doing his shows of Pearl Jam so, Oh, his songs of Pearl Jam shows. That's that. I think that's weirder. Yeah, yeah that's it is. That's way weirder. Um, all right, so number three for you, Ben. Oh, my three already. Oh, wow. Uh, in my tree. Uh, mine is Red yeah. Mosquito. Oh, oh, we did it. Is that all three? Yes. Uh, That's all three. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had that down are, at nine. And, uh, fucking insane that it's like lower. Like, it, is, it is legit one of the best songs on the album. Um, 
this is a song that I remember like listening to on the bus that that like when I first got it and I love the slide guitar. I love the imagery. I love the fact that it's about him having his food poisoning. <laughs> um, uh, if I know then what I know now is just a great outro to a song. Uh, it's just, I love, I got, and also when I saw it, finally saw it, it was when Ben Harper was doing the, the, the lead to it and it just made it even better. So Okay, so on that note, I used to be obsessed with this song. I thought it was incredible. This was, I have vivid memories of listening to this in my room, in my bed, that pause they do. Um, like, uh, I think all the instruments stop. Do they? I can't remember now. Drew. At two minutes 30, like everything stops and Eddie's yeah. still singing. And it's just like a second, but it's incredible. And then like you did, I saw them do it with Ben Harper nine fucking times in a row. And now I don't want to hear it again. Well, no, that's, I don't, I don't. And I know that shouldn't ruin like how good the song is. It's still a good song. That's you watching Pearl Jam too many times. That's not the song's fault. That's all on you. Yeah, but Pearl Jam knows that people go to multiple shows and you go to multiple shows because things are going to be different. We want Ben Harbour to like learn like, like, oh, the other song that's got slide guitar. That's the only song that's got slide guitar in it. Well, who, we just discovered who you are has a sitar in it, so it's not far. <laughs> <laughs> he could have played Chapman. I, I, can you play a Chapman? <laughs> then yeah, it becomes like, like no, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's head and heart. Like you know, it shouldn't affect your like sing a song being overplayed. No, you know it shouldn't affect the way you feel about a song, but it definitely does. And it yeah. just yeah. Um. I was, when I was like um, watching that show today, he did that thing at the in the outro. You know what he used to do um, for half full. He used to get his guitar, and then the spotlight yeah. would go down, and he'd shine it. He he did that for the um, what I would know now if, uh, if I know now, and that was like, and I was like, yeah. When I was listening to, it, I was like, this does have a half full feel to it. Like they they yeah. do have those the, the same sort of thing, and um, yeah, nah, I, yeah, I yeah. think it's amazing. So uh, yeah, sure. yeah, for my I felt. I like. I used to really like it, and then I just sort of fell off it a bit. And now it's just one of those sort of mid-tier album tracks for me. And it just doesn't. I get like there are songs I appreciate for their simplicity, and this does so much. And like, it just doesn't. It just feels like they're trying to fill the space a bit too much for me. It doesn't quite slot together and feel as a whole for me as other songs do. It just kind of. It's yeah, good. You're both, it's in, just... you're both insane. It's just, yeah. And no, no, like it is good. But as we were saying before about how the album doesn't flow this is one that definitely stands out as like you don't really belong here i disagree so much (laughs) (laughs) but if i could go back and put like half full and red mosquito on the same album i think it would work well (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) Uh. all right this is uh this is the this is fancy stuff now uh paul write your number two my number two is present tense. Nice choice. Why wouldn't it be? What's yours? Why wouldn't it be? Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is. I mean, it's funny because there's only two left, but who knows what's going to happen? Uh, it's I'm open. Fuck off. What? You can't do your red mosquito rant and then say about how like it's not it doesn't belong on the album. This is like oh, we'll put this on the album. <sighs> It just works, you know. It doesn't. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll it's, the, it's the definition of filler. It leads into around the bend. What more do you want? 
<laughs> I I do like this. It's just as a song, again, it's that thing of it. I think it, it works really well as an album track. Like it reminds me a bit like, oh, well, Gorilla's Demon Days, like when they finish with that trilogy of songs about the monkey's head, I think it kind of, it, that reminds me of in my opinion. And I think it, it does work structurally well in the song, in the album. Um, but as a song, I just, I can't rate it highly because like everything else is good. So I just couldn't. Here's yeah, my here's my that. reasoning. Here's mine. Yeah, is that yeah. It's if like, you're not going to yeah. if you're not going to uh, replay the song in its entirety as it's supposed to in a live show, it's not a fucking song. Well, <laughs> you're just going to do the uh, the chorus. Then no. Well, see, I I seen clips of that and I heard about that and I thought, yeah, I I was in the same boat. Like, don't do it if you're not going to do it properly. But in 2018, when Laura and I went to the home shows in Seattle, they did it properly. Like they played it as it is on the album. And someone may or may not have fucked up the guitar a little bit and kind of ruined the mood for me. Which stone? It's not important. Um, but I needed I needed that little moment to pull out of it because to make you both feel awful, when my dad died in 2002. I listened to this song almost on repeat, just in my bed, trying to be sad about what was happening and never really felt that sad because I was just so heavily distracted by listening to No Code. Like I listened to this album incessantly and Riot Act. Um, so I'd always put so much weight on this song that when they did it, I almost emotionally crumbled and then okay. someone fucked up the guitar <laughs> and brought me back to earth and everything was fine. Not for nothing. You probably could have led with that too because now I feel like a complete dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I need to respect that neither of you like that song. And if I didn't I, I, have that connection with it, I probably wouldn't think it's as great either. Yeah. I, 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 still, I still like it. Like, I, There's so many different aspects to ranking this album i found like there was the, the, the this yeah that i just it, yeah it just the way i couldn't justify it being higher but yeah i i i really like like i remember having a chat with you ben way back in the day being like oh i hope they play i am open live i can't believe i actually said that but i remember having a chat with you where i did actually say that so. <laughs> and i it's very odd to me because i put them in a similar box sometimes for you to have present tense at two but i'm open at 12 is baffling to me <laughs> Because they go for me, they go hand in hand. But I can yeah. I can see that, yeah. It was just well, for me. I'm open works well within the album, and and as Paul said, taken out of the album, I'm just not quite sure it works as a song like like the others do. You know, for me, it's yeah. kind of a, it's a structural thing. You know, it's a structural thing rather than a, oh, I'll put this on shuffle. And, oh and yeah, it's like if if art comes up out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, this this doesn't fit. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the arc. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, cool. Mr. Lumsden, you're number two. Off he goes. Uh, I actually I pegged that as your number one. I gotta say. Uh, so we've got all done three. Have we done three? Off he goes. Yeah, their um, their greatest ballad. Uh, it's it's amazing. Like his the lyrics. Of this uh, like I listened to this song so much. Uh, learned how to play it. Uh, just. Yeah, this was uh, very much my my high school years. <laughs> I'm listening to this um, just on repeat. Just yeah, pretty much. And I I actually had the single, the CD single, because at the time that's the only way you could get uh, Dead Man, which I really yeah. liked as well. Like, and that's also another DJing song. And I I when I learned how to play Dead Man, like the um, 
that little riff thing at the start. Oh, fucking yeah, that was it's it's so good. Um, and yeah, so I think it's just like yeah, it's it's my favorite slow slower song of theirs. I think of all time. So yeah, it's definitely it very obviously one of their most polished songs. I think. Yeah, and they don't they don't play it an awful lot. Um, and it doesn't really. I think for a non-unplugged show, it probably wouldn't carry over to great live either. Like, I don't know. Like, um, I, don't I think, think it generally it. comes up in, up in like a an encore, like a slow down sort of yeah setting. Um, I I was very lucky. I think this was like one of the first songs I ever saw them play. Maybe not the first, but like yeah, it 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 was in there, and um, yeah, it's just it's close to one of the perfect songs yeah it was last played on the 2nd of september rightly so um yeah i know it's it's for me it's just um it's one of those songs i could just always listen to and not get sick of so yeah mr Wright, do you feel some guilt about having it down at five or are you still happy with that no like for me like top five is when it got really difficult like for me off he goes what's magical about it is it's quite a long song but it doesn't it justifies itself in being along, I think. It's not like, oh, here we go, another chorus or verse or anything. It does have like a, a really nice story to it. And I think a lot of Pearl Jam songs don't... Re- they have concepts and, and imagery to them, but they don't have stories as such. And I think yeah. I think Off He Goes is one of the few which has like a, an, a full story. Like it feels like a sort of an old-timey sort of folk song almost, you know. Which, considering what I would would like late in later life, like I've listened to a lot of those story bands, so like Whole City and... Um, and mountain goats and it's like that's yeah that's sort of really in that wheelhouse um i and the the start of it always confuses me like i don't i like yeah, how what, they do what that, is little, that that little jam bit at the start um i don't know it's just like it's, it's like a weird inclusion like i like it um but it was one of those ones i don't know with you guys actually you probably wouldn't because you're i'm a bit older but like <laughs> um I used to try and so I'd I'd, I'd find uh, set lists online, and then I would make them using like the album tracks. But I'd I'd make a tape out of it, sort of thing, and make like that set list if it was like a, a particularly good set list. And that one was always annoying. Cause, like I'd have to like cut the oh yeah the, <laughs> the start of it out yeah. sort of thing to sort of make it a bit sort of thing. That's just like you know that's just um, but yeah it's 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 a it's a weird uh, little little noodle at the start but yeah good um so we're on to number ones we are whoa yeah so, uh okay, so my number one yeah in my tree nice i um, did not expect that at, in anyone else's top five i have to be honest i had it at three and lums and you had it at four yeah yeah i really thought everyone else was going to have this lower just there's something about like I love the whole like the the beat to it again has that Afrobeat world beat sound to it, but it works with Eddie. Vedder. Like I feel like it really works with Vedder's voice. It yeah. doesn't sound like a sort of a weird appropriation. It does it does work, yeah. and it kind of it blends that new sound of like who you are is great, but it doesn't sound necessarily like it's blending the Pearl Jam sound. Whereas I think in in my tree blends that with the Pearl Jam sound a lot better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, going back, it was the song where. I've seen it live and 
it was clear they hadn't practiced it and you know you need this song to be tight and when the drums oh, the, feel like yeah. slightly off and the yeah. bass is slightly off and like it just it doesn't quite come together and it felt a bit uh, it was one of those ones where i almost wish they hadn't played it live because i wanted to preserve my memories of the song i don't know um, whether they should play it live i don't know whether i think it might it might be the classic only album track um, no, again i think watch it on on touring band that it's, it's... Not touring band yeah, they play uh, touring band 2000, the DVD. It's not that. Oh, it's, it's a special feature, but oh. it's on there. Um, oh. It's it's perfect. They do it. It's one of those features where it's just Matt Cam. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, so the yeah. whole clip is just watching Matt drum to it, and it's it's flawless. So if they do it as they should do it and as they can, they they should do it more often. Best part of the song for me is the still got it and then he's like still got it and then like you could it, it always sounds like sounds like an outtake because he, he yeah. says still got it still got it and then it's like but it's, his voice kind of breaks as well and yeah it's, it's like one of those things like someone's like no nah, i reckon we should leave that in yeah yeah for me like that that part is really it reminds me of almost like a live where like eddie just kind of almost like breaks out the song and is like this is how i feel in this moment like it has yeah. quite like resonance to it like but yeah, it's weird. Like it, it has that kind of preachiness, not for like, not in the negative sense, but in that sort of it. That when you hear it live, it does have almost that quiet kind of pseudo religious feel when they play it. And I know there's another song that we haven't spoken about yet, which I feel that as well. But it does have a yeah, it's it's quite powerful. I felt yeah, yeah, I, I can kind of see that. Was this um when you did your list? Did you have that number one down early or did this take some thought? For me, it was definitely like, oh, okay, this is definitely top three. And then okay. it's like, I think it might be one, but I'll just go through and see how everything fits. And there were, there were some, yeah, it was like, I, I was actually thinking maybe present tense would be my number one. Um, but it just like, I was just thinking about it and like, just, I just think this thing a bit more magical in its unconventionalness of in my tree, whereas it, present yeah. tense is just a slightly bit more conventional well like, uh, yeah, speaking of <laughs> yeah speaking of uh clearly my number one present tense yeah um i think i've watched them open a show with this yeah they opened one of the other shows with this one didn't they or at least they at least played that, it that we went to or that you went to that we went to i'm pretty sure um they Dude. I know they played it because yes. your partner now, who you didn't know at the time, she went to the first show, but not this show. And I, I messaged her. I said, they, they're playing present tense. And she's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very thankful to have seen this uh, more times than I think. I mean, it's not a rarity, but I'm very grateful. I mean, it's my number one. So I, I can't get tired of this song. It's I'm going to say something a bit silly here. Because I know it hasn't come out yet, but <laughs> British Paul, do you yes, hear man. a bit of this in Paranoid Android? Or am I being psycho? In what sense? And like it, the way it kind of builds up and has like the breaking structure, or yeah, like, like it, it's got this pretty slow, beautiful build, and then suddenly, like it's, it's not like. It doesn't turn into like a heavy metal song, but like it goes a lot heavier than you thought it was going to get to. Like it's a very similar dynamic to me. 
and I only thought about I, it this week. I, and it, yeah, I, I don't know. I always compare Paranoid Android to like Bohemian Rhapsodies for me. Like, and Paranoid Android doesn't quite have that. As I say, um, present tense doesn't quite have that completely different. It, it's definitely building up. But it's got three distinct sections, like it's got that, yeah, yeah, and they um, all flow together so nicely. Mm. Is there an extra, there's extra percussion in that bit too, isn't there? Because there's that sort of like, like that's that's the bit that really sort of gets to me is like they've got the drums, but you've also got something else going on the top there, like it's it there's a lot nicely. going on in it, yeah. Um, Again, this one to me, this one to me feels like gospel, like I, I can almost imagine the intro being an organ, like for me, it has that you know, the the reverb on the guitar and everything, and the slowness, it just kind of and the way it accentuates the words, it just. It has that church-like gospel feel for for me in a weird kind of a way. Is it? Uh, did Mike write this? Is it? Is it a Mike? I, song th I think the music. I, I believe so, yeah. 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 That's. I think there's a little bit of um. Given to fly about uh, it. No. Um. Inside job. Oh yeah. A little yeah, bit. I could hear that. Like just um. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's. Lyrically as well, it's it's not like Eddie's best, but it's still. I feel like hey, after this, good enough for Jordan. Exactly, um, that's all he needed. <laughs> I feel like after No Code, lyrically, it it wasn't the same. Like things clearly went in a slightly different direction for him emotionally. Um, but just some of the lines he has in this, off he goes. Sometimes it's just, I'm open. Obviously, I think this is the end of his introspective era and it's yeah. a bit more like political and stuff like that. like this is it's almost like he's um i think sometimes in this album i feel like he's got the crowd in, crowd in mind when he's writing some of these lyrics is they're, they're very um nice crowd serving lyrics whereas like i think he gets a little bit more uh i don't know like i like i like the stuff off of like the next couple of albums like where he gets a little bit more overt with his like political stance yeah, I was going to say, like, in terms of comparing it to other Pearl Jam songs, I feel like Indifference is Eddie really chiming in with Jeff, and I feel like this is Eddie really chiming in with McCready. It's got the best of McCready yeah. and the best of Eddie in there. Yeah. And how exciting when you're a Pearl Jam nerd and you see McCready come out with that flying V with the glow-in-the-dark stickers, mm -hmm. and you know that they're about to play present tense in the middle of a set for some reason. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. I, I, when I went, last went to see them, I went to see them with our friend Jade, and um, I, I saw them bring out the blue guitar and I said, oh, they're about to play Leash. And I'm like, what? And then another <laughs> time, uh, McCready plucked at two strings and I said, oh, they're about to play Low Light. And then I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, it's just magical when you can do that, isn't it? It's so good. Uh, but when, you can't when I saw him in like 98. complete wanker as well, can you? When I saw him in yeah, 98, oh, yeah, I saw absolutely. that 12 string bass come out. Like, oh, oh yeah. Like Jeremy time. <laughs> and when yeah, the, the first. Yeah. The first time I saw them live, this is the song that really hit me. This was the um like because because of the aforementioned people dying at Rush Gilda, they didn't yeah. play uh, for six years. So when they came back in two thousand six, which in retrospect, as that you know now now we're in our mid thirties, uh, I I did feel like uh oh six years isn't that long. But as a teenager, you're like six years is like a third of my life. So <laughs> yeah, yeah to see them live after that long, it was like really. It just this song really hit me really hard, and I wasn't expecting that as a teenager. You know, as a teenager, you want the rock songs, don't you? You don't want these yeah. quite like these soulful ones. And uh, a good friend of well, a, a friend of mine, um, 
<laughs> well, it's a long time ago. I don't know if I can still call him that. Uh, he wrote a book called This All-Encompassing Trip, and he was on Pearl Jam Radio with it years and years later, and they got Eddie on the line, and he's like, oh, that, that's a cool title. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's, it's from one of your songs. He's like, oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> no idea. Like, how often do you hear the term this all-encompassing trip? I, I've never heard anyone say that. Did you? It's almost like you're hearing him write it down and then just like go... <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, of course I've heard it before. It's like, well, I'm going to yeah, use that for anything that else. So good. <laughs> yeah, if we can't call the new album all-encompassing trip. <laughs> Such an any line. Um, my number one is How How. Because... Yeah, what a weird choice. It's not. It's the best. Um, I love this song. It's one of those ones that, like, if I'm ever, like, sort of just, like putting a bunch of songs together for like a playlist like this song will always be on it um sometimes serves the best purpose of sometimes is that little uh drum little roll in to how how and it's such a loud transition from sometimes to how how it's amazing can i read the exact notes i wrote down for this that were directed at you because i i didn't know you'd have it number one but i knew you'd have it high okay so i wrote great song deserves to be higher i'm sorry I don't like it after sometimes. Yeah, well... Because you know sometimes what? it's such like a sweet, gentle start and then like I just get kicked in the face. Yeah, I don't want to be kicked the, in the face. That's yet. what a number two song should be. It should be the kick, the kick in the face. I just, I'm never ready for it. I'm never... Because you have to have sometimes up so loud to hear yeah. any of it. I'm sure I did it on purpose. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, can I tell you about the first time I... Well, not, it's not the first time I... Not the first time I saw it, but like... Um, so it'd been out for a couple of months, I think. And I got home, I can't remember, like my family gone out and like, we got home late and I was like, uh, I was watching Letterman and that just happened to be on Letterman, like doing Hail Hail. And I don't know if, you, if either of you have seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you remember what Stone was wearing? No. <laughs> Stone is wearing a, from memory, a bright yellow sweater um, red shorts with socks pulled up to his knees that are also, I'm pretty sure, is yellow, and then a red and yellow beanie. He looks like a deformed Ronald McDonald. And, and a little bit like Devo? A little bit, and then um, Eddie's looking very slick in a, like a suit jacket. and Just trying to impress his new buddy, David. And I remember... Um, and Jeff was like, I think he was getting, he was, he'd sort of got back into more of his punk looking sort of stuff. He was like, um, a bit, bit spiky hair sort of thing. But like, I just remember seeing this and it's like, well, this is a different Pearl Jam. <laughs> this isn't the ones like this. This, this is not grunge anymore. This is, this is Pearl Jam. They still sound like Pearl Jam, but like they're, they're, you can almost see like each one of their individual personalities, like for the first time. It's like, oh, okay. I, I've got a picture of it and Stone looks like some weird Lego character. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, someone didn't, unless it was a bet. I don't know. Maybe it was cold. Um, why don't you like this song, Paul? Yeah, I was about to say, should I bring a downer on it? Um, so I Please used do. to love this song. I used to really love this song. For me, the subject matter is touchy. I I just think like I've got the lyrics here, and for me, like Why I used to be touching love this song egg rolling thick and heavy because egg rolling thick and heavy is like the greatest line ever to like a <laughs> crazy film. <laughs> it just it, it just it feels slightly incel in its lyrics. 
like is there room for both of us i don't want to think i want to feel but how do i feel then it comes on to hail hail the lucky ones i refer to those in love um and i could be new you underestimate me it has that unrequited teenage love thing that is quite just quite self-serving in a way i feel like lyrically it, and i really got in touch with that as a teenager but as an adult i just feel a bit it, yeah okay it, fair it kind of represents a part of myself I don't really like anymore, if that makes sense. It it feels quite yeah. immature in its lyrics, and I feel like I've kind of outgrown that, and it just makes me feel a bit weird listening to it in that like that kind of way, especially, you know, with toxic masculinity and everything. I don't know if that's me getting overly touchy, but... Oh, I no, think, no, absolutely. Look, get as touchy as you like. That's what we do. And um, I think uh, for me, and this is going to make you sound like, you know, like I, I for me it's not even like it's it's more of I don't think I I don't really think think about the lyrics of this song and I think that's that's on me. Um for me it's like it's pure emotion from like it's just a song that like has always it's one of the one, first ones I learned how to play on bass. Um my band used to jam it quite a bit and it's just I think it's more it's just in ingrained now. It's just something that like I've I've just always loved and um for some reason the other day my my speaker did this weird thing where i was listening to it and usually like first and foremost up front is like mike's like little lead bit but for some reason it accentuated stone's bit <laughs> where it's just oh, like oh it's just like it's and it's just like um he's doing like single string like wound and like it's it's actually sounds really cool but i've just never heard that part i would actually love to go through and like lift some levels up and see what Stone's doing sometimes because, like, half the time I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> um, Engine walking. But, I, I like, I, when when did the him and Beth split? Because, like, for me, it's it sounded like someone who was, like, thinking of, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a very... I don't know. I always liked it lyrically. Um, I can see now that Paul has brought this to my attention that it's, it's not as attractive anymore. But there's so many li lines in this that... Obviously, Edivetti, you don't always know what he's saying, so you actually have to read the book or find it on Google. Um, but when he said sometimes, uh, or is it, I could only be as good as you'll let me, I woman enough to be my man. That bit, I was like, what? I don't know what's going on. Like, I I think I know what he's saying, but what is what is he saying? What what happened? Like, I, It's one of those stories that I, I want to know the story to because it just sounds like he's failed at being his best for someone and tried so desperately hard but now like, i don't know what's happened here yeah I, I completely agree with that like yeah i, I think it through one like it, it has that kind of thing of it's either letting someone down in a relationship or unrequited love and it could kind of be interpreted either way of i think it's probably more of the of what you were saying ben um, but certainly, yeah, yeah. I think I think that part, especially the bandage hand in hand, I think is really beautiful lyrically. Like, yeah, there's... yeah. I think, um, uh, yeah, for me, like, um, also, there's one of the ones where, like, it's I got the, um, yeah, I, it, yeah. Again, I, I don't have like a real um, any other reason except for the fact that it's just just like the one that really landed to me when I first listened to it. So I got like the I remember getting the the single to it as well. Um, which we'll go for the, the we'll go through the and, details and of the to set. hear it live like it is a great live song to me it's like a, it's a it's a corduroy or like a um better than corduroy come on 
Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's that sort of thing. It's like a staple that you don't mind. You could you could be on there every night. And it's, it's it's good. So yeah, yeah. It, it, but I th- even with the fast clapping, where no one can hit the timing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and also it's uh, I don't know any other song where someone can say shika. <laughs> <laughs> Only Ace Ventura can get away with doing that. Yeah, he's just saying boom shakalaka. Um, so that's that is that's it. The d- definitive rankings. No one else can mess them. Um. You can decide which ones is. is I don't think correct. that was overly upsetting. No, well, no, no, not, not for me at least. Aside from, <laughs> I don't think you get upset like about anything. Shitting on I'm open. Apparently, apparently I'm open. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think. Look, I don't. You can let us know what which one you think is the more superior one. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's mine. Um, <laughs> I've I've got to say, if I if I had to choose one of your rankings who if i had to swap mine out uh, i think uh paul wright is closer to what i'd go along with okay well let's i'll just go let's go sit over here um so <laughs> let's go through the uh the b-sides on here we got black red yellow uh the the dennis robin song um i, should, I think and then it's like uh that one that, that was That's really the cool. one he's on isn't it yeah and like yeah. i remember when i was uh I just, I didn't know the lyrics to it for the, for the longest time. I didn't know it was a fifty foot Robin. Like it was just like I, I had no idea what he was talking about. And then like I finally sort of <laughs> found the internet and like what's this about? And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, so we got that. We got Dead Man, uh, which we sort of covered before. That was on the Off It Goes. We got Don't Give Me No Lip, <laughs> which was on Lost Dogs, and there's another Stone song, yeah, um, which I always. No. Yes. No. <laughs> How can you skip it? Because it's it sounds like it it sounds very much like he's like oh, I'm gonna do uh, old English punk song. And... It sounds like you're giving Stone Lip to me. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and I'm, yep. I'm not following the rules of the song. <laughs> Don't give me no lip. <laughs> um, all night is apparently a no code uh, outtake, and I never knew that. One of the greatest songs of all time. And do we know, remember when they played that on Fallon? But it was like, you know, four years ago or something. It was, they were on Fallon for some reason. Yeah. And they just played all night. And I'm like, what's that for? Why'd they do that? I don't know. Remember when they did the balls in my mouth? Well, I was steady, <laughs> but you know. Oh my God. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> um, and then around that time, they also, I remember this, because um, I think I bought the um, compilation for this reason. Uh, the... Uh, Leaving here and Grammy out of control from the um, that surfing um, compilation. I can't remember what it's called now. Do Is you it, prefer oh, Grammy out of control to don't give me a lip? Yes. How? Because it's like stupid. Well, I don't like snow. <laughs> I, I they're basically the same song to me. They're both weird, dumb songs that serve no purpose other than. But one of them, let Stone sing. That's what we're all about. Um, and then we've also got, uh, apparently there was one, there was a Christmas single called Olympic Platinum. It was actually the second by... greatest song they've ever done. Okay. Do you not like that? It, I don't think I've ever, ever heard it before. Uh, Paul, help me out. This is... I've heard this one before. It's, it's very dumb, but it's got such a great melody. I think they ripped off the melody because it was supposed well, to be wasn't... for the Olympics. It wasn't written by... It was written by the sound engineer. 
That's probably why it's so good. Oh. <laughs> no. No. It gets a bit silly <laughs> at the end and it just turns into a joke, but I always loved that song. Like they tried to do a bit of a dirty Frank. Yeah, I'm not sure what the idea was, but you know. Oh, we didn't actually end up doing the... Uh, the quiz. The quiz, but I'll, I'll just go through it. So How How is the uh, most played of this album, 248 That's, what, that's what we would have said anyway. Lucan yeah. is number two, uh, 243. Present Tense oh, is yeah. number three with 147. Oh. Off he goes is one twenty two. Wow. Habit is a hundred. They play that a hundred times. What? In my that tree is like... ninety. Is, in my tree is ninety six. Red mosquito is ninety three. Sometimes eighty seven. Smile eighty five. Mankind forty five. Who you are forty five. I'm open seventeen. And around the bend is fourteen times. I'm surprised. Yeah. Sometimes it's so low and low. I thought sometimes would be like two hundred. Yeah, that's that's. I thought it would be quite common as an opener or just you know, encore opener. Must be a recent thing. That's that's why a special Paul you've seen around the band and they've done it fourteen times. You should be honest. Yes, well that show. Um, just to make you jealous, I don't know if you saw that. So, do you know the story between that high and the London show, Paul? No. So they they were touring Europe and they were playing London, but I'd seen them a bunch of times. I was like, I'm not going all the way to London to see them. And then they cancelled the London show because Eddie lost his voice. So they said, okay, we'll come back at the end of the tour. So as soon as they announced they, they were going to do a delayed show, me and my friend were just like, we're going to get tickets because if they've done a delayed show, they're going to do special songs to make up for it. <laughs> so we went down and they played Fatal, Satan's Bed, oh gosh, and Around the Bend. Nice. It was just insane. It was just, yeah. So anyone who does, who's not majorly into Pearl Jam, I don't know how you got this far without majorly being into Pearl Jam. <laughs> um, but Satan's Bed and Faithful are like the famously two least played Pearl Jam songs. Would yeah, you agree, they, Ben? Like, they're like the famous ones they never play. Yeah. I think they pulled it Fatal, out. Fatal they pulled Satan's Bed out the other day with um, Josh Klinghoffer. Is it Klinghoffer? Yeah. 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 I've yeah. noticed they've started to play Fatal a little bit more often now. They, they That used to be a song they hardly ever played, and I think they, pro- they probably realised people liked it. So. That song, to me, all I can remember is when Lost Dogs came out, I was in a uh, the pub here called The Crown Anchor, I was taking a piss and some dude, I was wearing a Pearl Jam t-shirt and some dude next to me just started singing Fatal to me really drunk. And I was like, wow. <laughs> dick in hand, <laughs> busy. I'm like, you need to like, yeah, he's just like, it's just a good song. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're ruining the song for me. <laughs> is this, uh, sorry to test your memory, is this July 17th, Paul, 2018? Uh, yes, yeah, it's the only London show 2018. That's, I mean, even without Satan's Bed and mm. Fatal uh, and Around the Bend, this you take those out and you'd still be very happy to have gone to that. They're open with oceans. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you've got nothing as it seems. Yeah. Green Disease, you In don't see that very often. No. You Are, that hardly gets played these days. Uh, Mankind, banger. I Went Back Down, banger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday for someone. I don't know who's... Oh, it would have been Stone's birthday. Almost. Is that why I let him play Mankind? Maybe. <laughs> yes, Dane. It's, uh, I only, for us. just so you know, I only know Stone's birthday because it's the same as my mum's. That's not like a super fan creep thing. Mm. They share a birthday. Well, we've done good work here. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> um, 
Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Like that's this has been great. Just uh yeah, uh, talk some. No, no thank code. you for having me. Um, which no code? Yeah, well, I forgot to say at the start. Uh, means do not resuscitate in hospital speak. So, ah. um, Eddie was like, yeah, like if if no one likes this, then no, that's fine. But don't resuscitate. Then, then we're dead. Yeah. Okay, that's. I don't know. It's a bit dramatic. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't expect that from Eddie Vedder. <laughs> you you never um, mentioned as well, uh, two weeks after this came out, they played a show at the Showbox, and they played almost the whole album in its entirety, but not all of it for some reason. Okay. What's that about? I think they were really like, oh, we can't play in my tree live. <laughs> they they start, they did, sorry, everyone wants to go home to bed. Um, They did sometimes, how, how, who you are, in my tree, habit, Present tense, red mosquito, mankind, off he goes. And then went into the rest of the set and finished with Around the Bend. Okay. Is that weird? That's weird. That's weird. I think that's very weird. They didn't even play it in order. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh... (laughs) Back to your train of thought. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Uh, Yeah, so thanks for coming. Um, We'll we'll, we'll have to get you on for Yield um, because that's coming out. Is that? Yeah, it's 98. Yeah. There, there might I'd be. Uh, I I would love to have Paul back for you, but there's there's a couple. Uh, my dear friend Jason seems to be a fan. He was keen to get on for this as well, but I bumped him for Paul. Okay. And our friend Adam was very keen as well. So it's there might be a rock paper scissor event going on. Okay. Well, we do like a, a <laughs> do like five people doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all just jizzing our Pearl Jam hands. Then I can like yeah. Then I can. I can tell more Pearl Jam fans that they're fucking insane. Um, <laughs> but cool, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's uh, leadingthepasspod at gmail.com or you can come and go over and there'll be a bunch of Pearl Jam stuff on uh, Instagram this week. Um, As there always should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think we're, we're good. Um, yeah, I think we are. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to bed and then you've got your day ahead of you. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Paul's got a whole uh, life yeah. now. It's uh, a, a nice Sunday afternoon, probably. Maybe. It's okay. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> what a beautiful way to start your day. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll uh, We'll catch you later. Good night. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bangham.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.